welcome to Everything You Need Is Within, a Spotify Greenroom live audio show and podcast produced by and for Gen Z with me, your host, Gigi Robinson. Hey everyone, it's your girl Gigi. I am back with another episode of Everything You Need Is Within. This week, I'm doing a solo episode because why the heck not? I have not done a solo episode in a couple of weeks, and I just think they're good to have, and they're great practice, especially as a new podcaster and interviewer, and I am just really excited to dive right in because I've personally been having some struggles in the past month that I think I'm finally confronting and working through, which I didn't realize before, and I am super excited to get into it. Part of it is changing my settings my personal settings, rewiring my settings in my brain, I guess. Part of it literally had to do with changing my location. Obviously, the subject of this is self-awareness and being proud of yourself. I work in social media. And if you're on here, you probably have some form of social media or you found me on social media or somehow you saw something and you downloaded Green Room and you came onto the show or maybe you were curious and you're like, who the heck is this girl with this yellow picture? Let me like go check it. So somehow you came on here with social media and I do work in it. And when I say that, I mean, every single day I am learning about it since one, it is an evolving industry um, that is climbing day by day. And two, it is something that I've been working in and on for the past five years seriously, and the way that it's changed and the relationship that I've had with it has changed. Um, What stayed true, I think, is that I fortunately never had a relationship where I was striving for likes or I was striving for engagement certain ways um, that I found other people doing on social media, and that became my motivation, actually, to help teach people how to not do that. I have found and seen so many people around me just want to look like, you know, the next girl that they see on Instagram, or they just want to change their body image. And it's just, it's just so heartbreaking to me that that's even kind of like an ultimatum that we're now giving ourselves that we can't be happy with who we are in the present day. So how can I help rewire that? Because I've never had that issue of attaching my feelings and my self-worth to my social pages. So with that in mind, you might ask, well, what the heck do you do now? So I'm a master's student. I am studying business design and technology, essentially the intersection of what social media is. So a lot of my projects specifically focus on the ways that um, I can help kind of create a lot of change in the industry. Um, And I have some projects on that, but I'm still in the very research stages of it. So I'm not even going to talk about it until I'm absolutely certain and ready for it. So that's the first thing. But the second thing that I do is I talk to students, whether they're college or high school students or corporations, actually, um, around the country and around the, the globe. And I talk with them about what's called social media literacy, which I believe is the relationship that we have emotionally cognitively and technically with social media and the way that we really look at it. So when I am working on that, I'm helping to shift the narrative around what it means to even have an account, what it means to have a digital presence. And ultimately, I think the most interesting part about it is the fact that I really 
didn't think that I had an unhealthy relationship with social media until recently. Um, And even so, I don't think it's necessarily an unhealthy relationship. It's just a relationship that I ended up becoming more aware of. And now that I'm aware of it, I can't unsee it. It's kind of like, I feel like, you know, there's just like something that you never thought that you would see. And then all of a sudden you see it. And one day you can't stop thinking about it and you can't stop um, the world around you. Like seeing that, that is kind of what happened to me with this um, revelation that I had. And it really effed me up, you guys. Like it really has given me a whirlwind of emotion, I think, predominantly because I don't really care, honestly, about the likes or who sees my stuff online. I mean, I, I want the most people to gain benefit from it, obviously. And I want people to be touched by the work and to learn something. But my biggest issue that I have uncovered in the past month is the fact that we, we're we not obligated to share every little thing that goes on and every struggle that happens Um, But when that's your brand and when that's your identity and when you talk about things that make you vulnerable or you talk about things that are close to your heart or that seriously have affected your health physically and mentally, I feel like it almost becomes this this unsaid grapevine in a way of things that just intertwine with one another and you can't distinguish your online personality from your personality in real life. And my biggest thing that I've been saying is, okay, well, we know Gigi Robinson, right? We know her. Uh, She's so cool, right? She's this like super awesome social media lady. And, you know, you can find her on LinkedIn or you can find her on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or, you know, Green Room, like whatever. And we, we all love her because she does all these other things and she works with all these brands. So with that said, I've been like, okay, there's this Gigi that's public, but like, who is Gigi in real life? And part of the reason why I've had such difficulty really putting that that pin down as to who I actually am and how I'm different than my online personality is the fact that I have really only this past month reintegrated myself into society. I because I live with a chronic illness, I genuinely was so cautious the entire pandemic. And I was so scared to go out and push myself out of my comfort zone and start seeing people because I was honestly scared that number one, I would get sick and be in a very precarious situation. Or two, I would, because I live at home, would get sick and bring it home and one of my parents would die from it. None of the above happened because I was extremely careful. But here's, here's what happened this past month that got me going down this road. And before I do that, I'm gonna take a sip of some water. So if you are listening, come join me for a little water break. I like to do this during my shows a couple times. So because my voice is hoarse, uh, I probably will do this a couple times. So please make sure you take some water and hydrate yourself today. Um, here's what I've been up to. I decided, well, with the encouragement of my very wise aunt and uncle, they said, you know, Gigi, you have been cooped up inside with your parents and your brother for the past 18 months in New York City with no privacy and no change of scenery. Why don't you come on down to Florida? So I said, you know, okay. And mind you, the first time they invited me and asked me to come down was in May. So at first I was like, "Mm, 
No, Florida scares me. No offense to anybody in Florida, but Florida has been a little bit on the riskier side and less on the cautious side when it comes to uh, things going on regarding the pandemic. So that was the first thing. Then again, in about July, they're like, hey, like, so are you thinking about coming down? I'm like, "Uh, I don't really know. And then again, in August, hey, why don't you come down? You know what? I said, you know what? Third time's a charm. You got it. Sign me up, friends. So I decided to book a flight and just come on down. I've been here for a month. And when I say I've had so much growth, I genuinely mean it. And not in the sense where you're like, oh, yeah, looking back at myself from, you know, high school or looking back three years ago, I'm a different person. Like, yes, that is inevitable. When you grow older, typically you you also grow emotionally and mentally and um, intelligently and um, your maturity level just goes up. That's a given. But the way that I've grown and uncovered things about myself in the past month just feels like different than it ever has before for me. And I think part of the reason, again, is because I was able to get off my phone a lot And I was able to really focus on my work for what it is. And I was able to reconnect with myself. And I also know that obviously that's like a huge privilege to even be able to work remotely and take the time off to do that and just be able to have a flexible schedule like this. And I guess my advice (laughs) would be if anybody can take a weekend off or, you know, five days off or a week off or two weeks off, whatever that is for you that allows you to just completely ignore your regular responsibilities and, or maybe not ignore them, but be mindful of them instead of just focusing on it. Because so I went to school at USC. I grinded through that. I graduated in December. I had already applied and accepted to my master's program, which I was starting three weeks later in January. That master's program starts. I open my LLC. I start seeing all this momentum and this success. And I'm so, so like on this momentum train and I'm just going up, 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 up. And then maybe I hit a roadblock where I, you know, I haven't talked about this much, but I had a really shitty experience with my talent agent, which could be a whole episode in and of itself. And again, that is going to be another episode. So if you're interested in that, please DM me about that. And I just was like, shit, what do I do? So I reevaluated I, and I evolved, um, but I evolved my business. And I was so focused on my business that I seriously, I lost sight of who I was. Like, I also was not seeing anybody. So I really had a difficult time figuring out like, oh, like, yes, I can be Gigi at home and, you know, Gigi to my parents and Gigi to my best friends through FaceTime, but I wasn't meeting any new people that wasn't through a screen. So I don't know if anyone else can relate to this listening, but (laughs) at the very least, if you do, you're not alone. Um, And I'm assuming this is a very common feeling that people have had over the past year because a lot of the times we can't change our circumstances and we can't change the living uh, place where we are. We can't change our environment so rapidly or so quickly. And it did. It took me 18 months to commit to changing my environment. So I feel anybody on that and I highly recommend getting the heck out. So 
that's the story of how I ended up in Florida. A lot of people were always like, um, Gigi, of all places, why the heck? Now you know, it's because I have family here, okay? And they're very gracious again and let me crash with them for a month, which is just freaking amazing. So thank you, family. And while I was here, I have learned, like I said, quite a bit about myself. I don't know where to start. Um, What do you think, you guys? Should I start with finding myself? Okay, here's the topics. I don't know if anybody's listening in the chat and you want to play a little game of Gigi Roulette. Um, Roulette? Roulette. I don't know. We're going to move past it. Finding myself. Communication. A reset. Plunging back into social life. Dating, bars, cafes, and routines. So those are the choices. Which should we do? Okay, I'm gonna do like a like that thing that TikTok things like. Okay, put the pinpoint in. How about we go with the obvious? Okay, dating, dating. Okay, shit, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> okay, perfect. So here, here it is. I'm going to go into dating and then I'm going to go into routines after that. Basically, as I said before, I was at home for 18 months. I was scared. Um, There were some things that happened at USC that I have not yet talked about. I have also not yet really talked about my past dating relationships. So perhaps that will be something I do in the future. So I, again, have not really talked about dating much at all. I would say it's somewhat of a difficult topic for me. I've honestly always been the girl in my family or in general that people are always like, oh my God, you're so pretty. Why don't you have a boyfriend? Or, oh my God, you're 23. You've never had a boyfriend yet. Like what? Or like, who's the special person in your life right now? Like, do you have anyone special? And I'm always like, um, no, I've been so focused on my career and I've been so focused on me. And I used to see it as such a bad thing, but now this past month has given me such a new lens on it. And the reason is because Obviously, I think I needed to grow up more emotionally and figure out my communication styles and my communication methods. And if you haven't heard of those phrases before, I highly recommend looking at them um, because if you know how you can communicate, you can handle any unforeseen situation so much better because you will have the tools that you need to communicate with somebody when they're acting weird or if they have a different style of communication, you can say, oh, well, here's what I need X, Y, Z anyway. That's the first thing. Your attachment styles, like how your upbringing made you form different kinds of attachment styles and how that impacted who you are and the way that you act and the different kind of love languages that you need, right? All of these things are things that I never even thought about, honestly, or knew about or cared about. I was just like, oh, I want a boyfriend. I'm lonely. Boo-hoo. Like, obviously, we don't need to be with somebody because we're lonely ourselves. We need to be with somebody who we can have a partnership with and I think that that has just been a revelation I have had. Um, And I've also been so, so focused on my career. And I don't think that it's a bad thing, right? Like, I don't think it's bad that people have been focusing more and more on their careers. Um, I think it makes a total, it makes total sense to me because of the way that 
our societies brought us up. Oh, you need to, you know, be the smartest in the room or you need to work the hardest in the room. And you need to also have a social media page and you have technology and you need to know about that. And, you know, life's a game. You better work hard at it. And I think so many people right now are so focused on career because the other thing that has been trending lately has been Gen Zers and millennials not going into corporate America. I'm not saying everyone's going to do this, obviously, but a lot of us have been really focused on building a career that is outside a stereotypical nine to five. And because of that, we have to work twice as hard. So we neglect our actual relationships with people that much more and the emotional intelligence that we have to build in order to get there. So that is just my perspective on it. I personally started, uh, you know, working when I was in high school, when I was 16, 15 or 16 years old, I got my first internship with a local photography studio. And it was, you know, really great. At first they were like, oh, it's for credit. And it counted for a class. And then in the summer they were like, oh yeah, we'll pay you like 12 bucks an hour. I'm like, okay. And I would spend all my time there and just felt like so bleh about it. But you know what? I was working. I was working on my money. And instead of hanging out with my friends in Central Park, I was working. And that was completely up to me. That was a choice that I freaking made for myself, you know? And like, that was kind of hard because what 16-year-old does that? I don't know. I mean, like, (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me. Why did I do that? So that was the first part of it. Um, And long story short, I'm circling back to where I'm at today. Some things happened at USC that I did not want to get over. I don't know why. I think it was honestly just a cop-out for me to hide behind a lot of the trauma and like the emotion behind it. And I think when you're able to become more emotionally intelligent when it comes to situations and you're more aware of your actions and your words and your behavior, you can handle situations that you were not mature enough to handle before. So before I really acknowledge that, before I let go of the past dating issues that I've had and the experiences that I had around men for me, um, that has been let go of down here. And with that came this like rush of emotion, like, oh my God, I just... I was like, I can't believe I've been carrying this for the past two years. Conveniently, I also had the pandemic as an excuse and being, you know, immunocompromised. How do I know or trust a guy? How do I, you know, make sure that I'm not going to get COVID if I kiss them or if I like hold their hand and then like, you know, don't pure all my hands or something after that, right? Like there's so many different scary things in my opinion that could have come out of uh the pandemic when it comes to dating. To anybody that did date during the pandemic, I mean, go off. Like, that's amazing for you. Good for you. I also am like terrified of dating apps. They just are so scary to me. And every time I've downloaded them, I end up making a profile for a day and then like matching with like five people. And I'm like, ew, this is so boring. Get me out of here because I spend my entire day on my phone and locked into my screen. I just want to meet someone in person. So my biggest issue with dating right now is just the fact of like, how do I go out and just trust that 
people are going to be good people and also trust that I'm going to be safe. And I realized that I can only control so much in those situations, right? So I decided, you know, there's so many different things that I could have theorized in my head. And I also think going into all of these dates or a date with the mindset of, oh, this person's the one, or this is, you know, my end all be all, or this is going to be something that, you know, sticks with me and gets me on my feet again. You know, like for me, I think the biggest thing about this, these two dates that I went on, um, was really about ripping the band-aid off and letting go of the past. I don't really give a shit about who it's with. I mean, it was nice that like I had a great time, but it was more about me and what I could learn from it. And I think I'm just trying to approach all dates in the future this way because in the past, you know, it was always about, oh, well, where are you looking for? And I think if you go, what you, what you do have to, you know, ask upfront because you can go out with someone, have amazing chemistry, have amazing, amazing conversation, really vibe, maybe even have like a physical connection, right? But if you're not upfront and you don't say, hey, like, what are you looking for here? Or, you know, are you looking to just be friends? Like, you know, figuring out what you need to communicate to somebody so that you come out emotionally victorious is the most important. I found out about myself that I need to not do casual things, right? Again, this was about ripping the bandaid off for me. This was about learning about how I need to communicate myself, how I need to just go into a date with the notion of, you know what, Gigi, um, you're going to go out with this person and you're friends, right? You can be friends uh, to start and you don't have to do anything physical. First of all, you don't owe anyone anything. So you don't need to worry about that. Second of all, you can learn something new about someone. Think of it as, you know, uh, maybe like a work date. I, I don't know. People say don't do that, but I, for me, it just helps me with my thought process with dating. And second to that, I think in the future, just saying, you know, I have absolutely loved spending time with you and I think you're amazing and super attractive. I just need to know for myself what kind of thing you're looking for here so that I can best take care of my emotional needs and my mental sanity. Um, Maybe don't say it in those exact words because that's like intense, but that's like my internal monologue, you know? I'm like, oh, okay. So if we hold hands today. Like, does that mean we're running off into the sunset and getting married? Absolutely not. Um, Does that mean there's a possibility that we could hook up later? Absolutely. Does that mean there's a possibility that we'll go on more dates and potentially be in a relationship later? Also potentially could be an option. Does that mean we'll hold hands and we'll laugh about this in 10 years? Also a possibility, you know? So you never really know. And I think going at it with the lens of like, just being open and honest and feeling safe enough to express yourself freely is something that's so important. And I just did not do before. Old Gigi was so scared and so anxious of what the answer might be that she would rather live scared and anxious in the moment just for like temporary happiness instead of setting myself up for long-term happiness and growth. So I, like I said, I ripped that bandaid off you guys. It was really awesome and it taught me so much. And I also think it finally let me have an experience where I wasn't terrified 
at the outcome. Like I was, it was not nearly as scary as I thought. And you know what? Like I said, we can just be friends at the end of the day if that's what happens. So that is my little bit on dating. On the note of that, I think learning about different communication like methods and things like that is also super important when it comes to that, when it comes to friends as well. Um, the biggest thing that I really realized here is like, you know, if somebody compliments you, just saying, you know, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you said that. That's really important to me. Instead of just being like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, like there's a huge difference there because then you're able to actually communicate to someone like, hey, the way that you're treating me right now in this moment or the thing that you said to me made, you know, it made my world today. Like it was amazing. And I really did that. And another thing that you can say that I learned today from a friend was, you know, if if a friend says something to you or is like, you know, I'm really, I'm really proud of you. Congrats. Um, just kind of thanking them and saying, you know what, thank you. I really appreciate that you, you know, are honoring me and my experiences. Um, this is something that I would love if you could do more, or I could, I would love if you, you could do when I, you know, achieve X, Y, and Z. And just being aware of that can give you a little bit of a, it's not like an expectation, but it's just kind of like an exchange of power and an exchange of vulnerability with your friend where you're saying, Hey, here's something I really like. Um, can you continue to do that? And you should have friends that are able to say the same thing back to you. Also, in the sense that maybe your friend calls you hysterical crying, I think asking, hey, what do you need from me right now? How can I best support you? How can I be of of help to you right now? You know, do you want me to make you laugh? Do you want me to tell you a story? Do you want me to just sit here and do you want to vent to me? Whatever that is, I think it's important. And that's the whole thing about friendships and dating. You get to choose who these people are and how they treat you and what you allow them to treat you with. So that is something that I am really, really proud of myself for learning and stepping into in my time down here that I did not do before. I'm not saying I was like a cold hearted person before. I just think my communication is only going to excel from here. And I hope anyone listening can also find benefit from that. I also started going out to cafes again down here. It is a luxury to be able to do that, obviously, nowadays, because most cafes are closed, especially indoor ones. And I don't know what I'm going to do when I get back to New York City because I don't know what's going to happen this winter in New York City, period. Like, I can't even describe what I think is going to happen, but who knows, whatever. Same thing with bars. I went to a bar down here, too, and I was, like, really, really stressed out. But I just tried to stay with my friends and have fun. And that's what I did. And there's only so much you can do again to control that. I decided to, you know, wear my mask in the cafe and in the bar. And that was just a personal decision. So I had fun. And again, it was about ripping off the Band-Aid. And it's just crazy to me that a month ago, I wasn't doing any of this stuff. Like I literally had not been on a date in two years, you guys. Like I had it. <laughs> I hope that's not of a surprise to anybody or if anybody else has dealt with that. I feel you, sis. <laughs> feel you, bro. Um, if you haven't been out to a bar in a while, like I feel you. If you haven't been out to a cafe, 
I feel you. If you haven't been able to have the best relationship with some of your friends around you because of the pandemic, because you physically haven't been able to be with them in person, I feel you like to my core. I really, really struggled with this. And I didn't realize how much I did struggle with it until I came down here and until I was forced into these situations where I had to reevaluate where I was at. Because the last time I was doing all this stuff, you guys, I was 21, like 20 and 21. <laughs> like I was a baby when this pandemic came up. And now I'm like almost, I'm going to turn 24 in six, seven months. Like what the heck? So it's just crazy to me that you can just grow. And I've had this realization over the past couple of weeks. And Part of it is that I think, honestly, PMS is so real. So to any of my people that menstruate on here listening, I mean, I have never felt this kind of emotional overwhelmingness the way that I have this past week of just like, holy shit, I have gone through so much in the past week just by helping rewire and reset my mindset. And it's been so, so amazing. And again, I'm so very grateful for these experiences. But man, it is also so exhausting to do because I think the voice that we have in our head, it's amazing. But sometimes, as I'm sure a lot of you know, it can be really difficult to shut off. And one of my other favorite things that I got into down here was really my routines, right? How can I best set myself up to escape two to three times a day? How can I best set myself up to take 30 minutes of my day to move my body? Whether that is, you know, five minutes of a walk here, five minutes there. That's what I was doing in New York, honestly. Five minutes here, five minutes there, 10 minutes here. And I did not think that that was productive at all for me until I came down here and I spent 30 minutes like in the morning. Okay. 30 minutes in the afternoon, 30 minutes at night. So at the end of the day, I had, you know, probably two to three hours of activity, which is definitely unusual for me, but it did help me be more productive because I was able to clear my mind more. I was able to think more. And like I said, my favorite setting up this meditation routine. I don't know if anybody on here meditates or has meditated in the past. It's been a hard one. I used to think that like meditation had to be a certain way or journaling had to be a certain way or whatever, you know, anything spiritual was a specific spiritual thing that you had to follow a rule book or yoga was a certain way. Or if you, you were walking for exercise that you had to speed walk and you had to, you know, do something a certain way. No, no, no. Your activity and your meditation and your routines can be whatever the actual heck you want it to be. I'm sure a lot of you have also heard of the app Calm. This is not sponsored by them, but it's just a resource I've been using. I have been listening to some of their meditations. And for me, I think it's just been a way to unplug and focus on something for anywhere from two to 45 minutes and just relax and work on that. I actually only really started using that the past week. My biggest thing has been writing out lists. Whenever I feel challenged mentally, I also like to write things like, this is what I wrote today. Today, I allow myself to be grounded knowing that my purpose is to help others advocate for themselves. 
I'm grounded knowing that the work that I do touches thousands of people globally and helps them speak more openly about self-awareness, emotional intelligence, and their challenges. I'm grounded in knowing that in challenging times, I can breathe. I can pause. I can be private if I want to be. I can protect my energy and my peace. I'm grounded knowing my weakness is being always trusting so much so that I need to be clear around others. I'm grounded. Sorry, guys, I have horrible handwriting. Fun fact about me. I literally cannot read what I'm writing. I'm grounded with my decision to pause and be aware of the sky, of the trees, of the sounds, and the world around me. All this just came from my brain. But it started just by saying, I allow myself to be grounded knowing blah, blah, blah. And then I just kept going and I just did a whole flow. I mean, I still have two more pages of all this stuff. And this was something that helped me get a lot off my chest because when I say that that word grounded, I mean, you can say I'm centered. I'm finding my, Sean Mendes says, I'm finding your inner baseline. Um, you know, you, you find your third eye, you find your, you know, self, your, you find yourself, you go to your your space. For me, that is really, really thinking and honoring the things that I know for a fact. And when I write them down physically, it helps me just not be less anxious and it helps me be way less uh, wishy-washy, I think, when it comes to my feelings. I also decided to do something else yesterday where I wrote about commitment. Um, in terms of committing to, you know, being more present, committing to sitting in silence, committing to being positive every day um, in some way, committing to be more grounded, you know, write these things down. Like it's one thing to say them to a friend. It's one thing to actually, you know, do it, but it's another thing to write it down where you have something physical that you can look at And be like, oh my God, I said I was going to do that. And I said I was going to behave this way. And then I actually freaking did. Holy cow. So I've been doing that. And like I said, I thought journaling had to be pretty. You guys literally heard me trying to read my journal. I can't read my handwriting half the time. It's more so just about me getting my thoughts out and not caring what they look like and just making sure that I am expressing myself in some other outlet. I feel like people are probably going to think this is really funny about me again, because I seem like I have my shit together. I really don't. I've been struggling so much. Uh, A lot of the, a lot of it back to what I was talking about before is the fact that my life is so public online. And I know I don't need to share all of that online at all. Nobody does. Nobody's ever entitled to share any of that online if they don't want to, but some other things that I've been dealing with career-wise is just like not really acknowledging or addressing how exciting some of those things are and not celebrating them and not being proud of them. Um, And not just, just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Just another meeting with Yahoo or just another meeting with YouTube or just another meeting with blah, blah, blah. Like all of these things are so cool, but they've become so casual to me. And I'm very grateful for that. But over the past month, I was like, yeah, I've just kind of been like making videos here and there, whatever. And then my, my uncle was like, um, Gigi, I don't 
think so. I think you've been doing way more than that. Like we underestimated how busy you would be with all of your things. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. So today I was, I was done feeling sorry for myself and done feeling like an imposter. It's not even that I felt like an imposter. It's just that because I've been so isolated, even down here, I haven't gotten to actually physically meet people. I haven't gotten to really go out and give a speech to an entire classroom and a university. I have my first in person lecture coming up in two weeks, which is so exciting. And I can't wait to share more about what's next for me in the next couple of minutes here. But, you know, I wrote everything out. And when you write out what you've done each month, I mean, holy shit, we do so much that I feel like we never talk about and we never acknowledge and we never praise ourselves for. So if you're listening, I challenge you to, you know, grab a notebook, grab a whiteboard paper, grab a Google doc, whatever you're comfortable with, grab post-its and write, what have I done in a month? And just start listing it go to your calendar, go back a month from today and start writing like from that first day, you know, I wrote all of these things down and I was like, holy shit. Like I launched this other show with Spotify. That's a pilot right now. So tune into that. It's called if I knew then, if you're able to on Thursday nights, um, I have reached over 500 listens on my podcast, not necessarily live, uh, you know, listens. I've done three episodes while I've been down here. I hit one K on here on green room and so many more. And you know, the numbers are just metrics of whatever, of, of the content themselves, which you can measure them however you want. I personally don't always care about numbers. I care about the community and who's being impacted and how it uh, ultimately follows through. So I think at the end of the day, to be proud of yourself, if you need a checklist and you're like me, and you need to physically see what you've done, either write a list or make a deck of, you know, the things that you've done in the past month, make a small portfolio of it and just say, you know, what, if I'm ever feeling shitty about myself and I'm, I'm not feeling like I have accomplished very much, you can always go back to it a month, you know, in, in the future and say, oh my gosh, wait, I actually did so much in October. Like, it's okay. I can give myself that grace and that time to relax knowing that, I did so much and that was a lot for me to go through. And that's really commendable to have been able to do everything that you set out to do. Or maybe you did everything and it was all completely spontaneous and it was still a lot. I mean, not only career things are on this. I also wrote again, saw old friends and new friends, went on dates, went to bars, went you know, to social things. I implemented my meditation practice. I uh, became an adjunct professor. You know, there's all of these things that I've been working on that I just overlooked because they're integrated into my life. And as I re-emerge into society, I think I just need to remind myself of that. And if you're struggling with this too, definitely make sure that you write them out. I can almost guarantee that if you combine your grounding practice and writing, if you commit, if you write out what you're committed to doing for the next seven days, if you can, you know, find your sense of calm and write this list out, I'm telling you, some things are going to change for you. You're going to be like, damn. Um, and, and don't just leave it to career stuff, right? Leave it to like friends, family, relationship with food, 
um, you know, relationship with the world. Maybe you've, you know, learned something new. I think life's about learning. So whatever you can learn from any experience, even writing something as simple as a list of accomplishments from the past month, it can help you learn something about your productivity or your, the things maybe you didn't like about the, the past month. So that's what I have to say about that. Um, next I'm going to drink some water. So cheers to everyone listening. I know you've been bearing with me tonight. So, so what the heck is up next for me? I have been a little bit hesitant because I am actually headed out to Los Angeles and I'm going to be there for a couple of weeks. I'm so excited to meet a bunch of different people, but I have been super hesitant because a lot of scary things are in LA for me, a lot of old memories. And this kind of contradicts exactly what I talked about tonight of not living in the past and not letting that affect you. And I'm not going to let that negative energy kind of pull me down there anymore. But the fear and uncertainty, knowing that there's so much up in the air happening while I'm there and a lot of it is going to be meeting new people and going on, you know, coffee lunches and dates with people and uh, going to events for the first time in two years. It's going to be scary. And part of me is just really anxious because it's moving so, so quickly. You know, this month, I literally, I swear, like I blinked, like it does not feel like it's been a long time at all. But again, it was so necessary. And I think it's going to be perfect as I do make this re-entry back into the world. And if anybody else is feeling the same, I think we just have to roll with the punches and put one foot in front of the other and walk outside at night and take a look up at the moon and humble ourselves a little bit and remember that, you know, if the moon is changing every day and the world is still spinning, that we can too and we can keep going. And I'm just really excited about that. And I don't know if I sounded like a hot mess today or not, but I also have been asking for help from my therapist um, lately. I love therapy and I love asking for help where I can and from a meditation coach and friend of mine. And I think it's so helpful back to communicating to also ask your friends, you know, I've really been having a hard time. Can I vent to you? Or I've really been having a hard time. Is there anything that I should do differently? Or is there anything that you can help me find clarity on? I think is one of the most helpful questions that you can ask to becoming more aware of yourself. And once you're aware of yourself, then you can also address the issue at hand and you can, you know, snap the nail, tap the nail on the head. I don't know. Hammer the head. What is the analogy I'm looking for here? You can put a pin in it. I'll say that. And you can then start addressing it. So that is basically all I have for you all tonight. If you have anything at all to say, feel free to, you know, write it in the chat. I'm more than happy to answer any questions if people have been having issues being, uh, you know, proud of yourself. I also, again, really, really believe in uh, that self, that self-work and that grounding practice. It has been a game changer for me. And also, actually, I'm not done. On the note of fear, I think part of me has also created such a great 
situation for myself down here and I have mentally in a way reset. I'm just nervous that once the hustle and bustle of the real world starts and of traveling to all of these different places start that I'm going to have a difficult time really emerging myself as Gigi and not necessarily as Gigi the personality. And that is what I'm the most scared of. But I'm confident and, you know, I just, I like to breathe through it and whatever happens, happens. But that is my show for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. This is Gigi Robinson. I'm the host of Everything You Need Is Within, a podcast and live audio show produced with Spotify Greenroom. I had the most amazing time tonight. Make sure that you tune in to next week's episode. You're not going to want to miss it. It is also on the subject of mental health. I am super, super excited to introduce the guest on my Instagram page. So make sure you follow at It's Everything You Need Is Within on Instagram and me at It's Gigi Robinson. I look forward to seeing you all next week. And again, appreciate you all bearing with me because I know this episode was crazy with all of these tech glitches, but... Thank you and good night. This was amazing. I love you all very much. And remember that everything you need is within.